0: Hello and welcome to Christianity Thoughts. This is your place for discussion about Christianity, about Jesus and other things around the world, about societal issues and the deep theological ideas. So stick around and find out more about Jesus and what we believe. Hello and welcome to Christianity Thoughts, my name is Paul Waters, the principal host and here we're back together with Ethan, Elspeth and Laurent. Woo! Woo! Yeah, uh, that's where you input. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, so um, (laughs) here we are back with a podcast. Today we'll be discussing a very interesting topic in the minute we shall reveal that topic but how is everyone doing this week
1: we're all good thank you we are good in- good
0: epic um nice uh just wanted to gauge how you guys are doing but we shall go straight into the topic for this week <phone rings> Before we get into today's discussion, I'm just going to let you know where our podcast is, which websites, which apps we are on. We are currently on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Spotify is usually the one that I do share around, that's on my Facebook or wherever else, but if you do happen to have those other apps, maybe use those a little bit more then please do go over to those podcasting websites or apps it would be really helpful to get as much engagement as we can through this podcast please do share around please do um, share it with your friends and also do send any messages or questions in thank you and let's get on with the discussion under the general topic of um, biblical inerrancy for which I shall give a definition before we start so we know the ground line for those who are listening and also <laughs> people who are um, discussing today um, we do have the definition which is well this is um, combined with the authority of scripture as well. So the doctrine of the authority and inerrancy of scripture is that as a corollary of the inspiration of scripture, Scripture, the God-breathed scriptures are wholly true in all things that they assert in the original autographs and therefore function with the authority of God's own words. Now that is quite a mouthful, but in essence we, we believe that the, well, uh, we'll go through it, but it's the the notion that um, all authority is true and trustworthy, but we shall have a discussion today about it. Does anyone have any thoughts about the inerrancy of scripture or whether there are errors in scripture?
2: I think the first thing I'll say is that um... I would say that most Christians, in fact, all Christians generally do believe in the inerrancy of scripture. I'd even go as far as say, um, if you don't believe scripture is inerrant, you should examine yourself because we all uphold to the scriptures of being God's written word. And as it says in Hebrews 1, I believe it is that in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son and we or know mm. whether you're a believer or not that Jesus was on this earth as a man we believe he was also God and he gave us actual words recorded in history and of course it wasn't just um Jesus's work we have the whole bible the old testament as well but yes mm. um generally um Christians do uphold to the inerrancy of scripture and that's usually um, the first thing I wanted to point out before I said anything is that I am obviously prone to errors uh, in my reasoning, but we uphold the Bible as to not be full of errors, um, quite mm. the opposite. Um, but what I would say is, that obviously, when it comes to translations, that um, it, it's a known thing that you can never get a perfect translation of mm. any um original written piece of work but we uphold to the original uh writings, common Greek and also ancient Hebrew, um this well the the scrolls that were written in those languages, we uphold to that as being verbal error, no yeah. error at all because it was God breathed in that original language.
3: Mm. We also
2: believe that the the meaning um has been conveyed perfectly into these translations as well. It could just be that the problem with translations in languages is that you might not have a certain word in one language, but you do for another, and that causes problems. Mm. But I think that the Bible in the English translation has preserved the original meaning. But for the sake of security, you'll know why people often go to the original language to check that it actually means what it's saying. Um, mm. But we uphold to inerrancy 100% in the original writings, um, which have been preserved mm. in their original writings. We claim, uh, I don't know what you guys think, but I don't think that we claim that the English translation is is perfect because um, because of um, different languages and that. It can't be perfect as in word for word, but we do uphold that the meaning and the authority behind what it's saying in the text and the context as well as uh, what it's trying to say to you is inerrant. Uh, what would you guys think?
3: I would agree with that completely. I think any, any book is a reflection of its author. So therefore the Bible would be a reflection of its author. And although obviously we know the Bible was written by the Apostle Paul and Matthew and Mark and all of those people, it's god's word so if you're saying that you you don't believe in inerrancy then you're saying that you don't trust in the scripture essentially for me Mm. it's it's not a question of does the bible have mistakes but more can god make mistakes Mm. because for me that's authority absolutely you can't that's questioning his authority if the bible contains misinformation then it's it's saying that god isn't truthful and if it if we're saying it contains contradictions or confusion or anything like that, then God is not who who he who he is. God is not God if he can make mistakes. You know what I mean? Mm,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the arguments that, well, one of the arguments is that, well, people try to critics that bring up is that, well, the, what about potentially that there are other uh, scripts that have been lost during, um, the ages, or things haven't been kept in the Bible, uh, but we don't know whether uh, God actually intended for some things to be kept out. Um, we consider the Bible to be complete, um, we don't think that anything else needs to be added to it or removed from it. And Jesus makes this very clear in Revelation 22 uh, or God about adding words to. You know the Bible, the the scrolls specifically what Jesus was talking about, and uh, if you know if you do that, then you, you could be in serious trouble if you don't repent, and well, you would be. Um, that's how serious we actually uphold to the scriptures. Um, whereas the the you know the the case about uh, the Quran, how uh, a part of the the Quran actually got eaten by a goat. <laughs> <laughs> and that is recorded in <laughs> one of the one of the so, you know writers um commentaries. One of the mm. it's like the early church fathers, but for Islam. um But w- there's nothing like that that's been recorded in the Bible. So we consider it to be complete anyway. We have all mm. the information we need, and as it says in two uh, two Timothy three, that all scriptures got breathed, and it everything we have in the Bible shows us how to live a godly life it's not like well what else is there well we have everything we need to know about Mm. God
0: yeah I think uh, just to clarify on the points that we're making you know saying um, obviously the topic is about inerrancy of scripture and then obviously not to add or take away that we are speaking from a standpoint of well quote protestant position so to clarify that, we don't think that there are the books that mm. are in Catholic Bible. So we think there's 66 books of the Bible um, and uh, there are, is it 73 Catholic? I, I, I thought it was about 77, wrong.
2: but I might be wrong. There, there, we're, in any case,
0: we're, we're in the position that there are 66 books of the Bible mm-hmm. and those are what we think is inspired scripture and um that is in other ways another whole um discussion over protest- protestantism versus catholicism um in itself but just to indeed um, it is as i was saying just to um lay down the groundwork that we are speaking from a position of um the protestant bible um what what do we sort of think about that, that like, I guess in some ways, like, I know, you know, we, we have the differences and um, with um, Catholics on things, but how do we feel when maybe we even get, um, quote, called out for, you know, the, the same thing that we're talking about today? So, you know, not taking away or adding to scripture. For which probably what they believe they we've done or what the Reformation did um, to the original Bible. What do we think about that?
2: Well, Firstly, I don't think we have, because if you go all the way back to the early church, they had, uh, I think it was about three different um, criteria uh, that you had to meet, or at least one of them for your writings to be included as scripture. Uh, for mm. the New Testament specifically, it was that you were either an apostle, um, that you were an eyewitness to Jesus, uh, or you were a, a disciple. You knew him. It was one of them that you had to. Um, that if you met, you know, if you met one of those points or all of them, that you would have your writings considered as scripture. So, the early church were very serious about what would be considered scripture and what wouldn't be. Um, I I don't think that we've added or taken anything that is from a Protestant position because we see the Bible as absolute authority over Mm -hmm. our lives. Uh, I would say that, you know how a lot of people like to manipulate and twist the scriptures, which is linked to this. Um, I would sort of think it's talking about that. Now I'm not trying to uh, undermine anything. I genuinely think that Jesus, when he says that, uh, well, adding or taking from these these scrolls is to change his authority, to change the meaning, to uh, you know completely manipulate the scriptures. But in terms of the some of the books that are included in the Catholic Bible, which I haven't done much research into, I must say, but we know that a lot of these books. Um, People believe to not been inspired by the Holy Spirit for several reasons, so therefore it, it actually might be wise to leave them out but to not completely forget about them uh to have them as mm. supporting um well like we do with devotionals and other commentaries to have them as there for support but um I suppose something that isn't scripture to be considered a scripture that's the thing too. Mm. So, it's really hard, actually, um, yeah, to get the right sort of balance.
0: Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where uh, <laughs> maybe it was, uh, um, you know, a uh, something that is something we wouldn't really consider when talking about inerrancy of scripture. Um, but it was just something I thought about when uh, you were talking about, um, you know, revelation to not um, add or take away. Um, was that where's like that stance where we hold with Protestants where um, you know we had the whole Reformation where we were split off from the Catholic Church due to whole many different reasons Um, namely that um, Martin Luther nailed to to a door um, in protest Um, but yeah it was just something I thought about what do we have any other thoughts on um inerrancy of scripture maybe just uh i i think you said earlier ethan that um like probably most of christians uh, do believe in inerrancy of scripture um I, i i have heard of people who um claim to be christian and actually do um think scripture is is errant so it does have errors in it um namely you know the fact um the apostle paul is included in the bible and the fact you know oh if you bring up the apostle paul it's a bit of a oh it um this is namely um coming towards um progressive christians which is once again another topic um as well um but that they they sort of think you know the things that Paul mentions um are well, certainly when you know you see translated into English are errors um what do we sort of think about that, so like Paul being like sort of a loose cannon sort of thing <laughs> there's
2: there is one very clear answer to this in two Peter three verse. 16 to uh, the end, basically, where, uh, well, this is what uh, I'll let Peter speak for himself. Um, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved p- brother Paul, so he counts him as a brother, someone to be trusted, as wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of all these matters. There are some things that are hard to understand, which he writes about, which the ignorant and unstable twist for their own destruction as wow. they do with the other scriptures. So you see, people have been trying to twist and manipulate Paul's writings for almost 2,000 years. Why? Because mm. he speaks of authority and they don't want to hear it. That's why they twist it. So they, they go for a really, really bad argument that he's just a human so therefore his writings can't be true. But this was a man who one day was persecuting us Christians, who was doing all sorts, and then within a blink of a moment got converted by the Lord Jesus Mm. Christ. So therefore, if anyone, Mm. uh, any of the apostles has authority, it's him, because he was consulted by the Lord Jesus Christ directly, and his life was changed because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did and had mercy on him according to the Father. So therefore we mm-hmm. know because of his testimony, obviously God's testimony is the greatest testimony and is the one to be trusted, but we know that the Apostle Paul received authority from the Lord Jesus Christ and it is because of that that people want to twist his words.
0: Mm. have any other thoughts about inerrancy of scripture or to bring on point from ethan
3: i think almost there's an aspect of like who are we to question the inerrancy of scripture anyway i think mm-hmm. the hebrews four twelve tells us the word of god judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart the bible judges us we are upheld to the standards set out not the other way around it's not for us to question god's mm-hmm. word mm-hmm.
1: I yeah
2: exactly
3: to discount any parts of God's word for any reason is to almost like reverse the process of us being judged to that standard and God says in Romans 9:20 who are you to talk back to God it's almost like if you're questioning the inerrancy of scripture, you're questioning that trust
1: mm.
3: well, it, it's very
2: true um but I suppose well, then we need to go deeper into this question. And that's why are people so desperate to try and prove that scripture is, for example, with error. And we, I suppose we all know the reason why, and that is because people don't want the scriptures to have authority over their lives. Never mind um, the apostle Paul, people really deep down in their hearts don't want the scripture to have authority. It doesn't matter if the English translation has one word in it that is nearly the same as what it means in the Greek, but isn't quite exactly. That kind of thing doesn't matter. What matters is that the original meaning and context from the original letters and scrolls have been Mm. preserved in the sense that they have not been deliberately changed to mean something else or to make the gospel more progressive or to make Mm. this completely different. We all know that a slight different to word but that, you know, convey direct translation, that kind of really doesn't matter. But people make mm. it out to be a big deal. I think it's that one little thing which suddenly discount the whole scripture as inerrant. It's just the way languages work. If you want to really look into what the originals writers were saying, you know, that's why we go back to the original Greek or the Hebrew, because then, mm. that, in fact, that's how we overcome these arguments that sets itself up against the Word of God. As Paul says, we have to be prepared because arguments have been coming against the Word of God for nearly two thousand years, and it hasn't stopped, and people are immune to it. So therefore, we go back to the. We look at one scene, actually, the original writings hold an even stronger argument for the inerrancy because they are the original writings. And because of the original writings, even these translations hold authority because scholars are in agreement that they have been translated correctly, for the most part, anyway. So, but that's why we look back on the original Greek.
3: I think it almost goes back to some very similar to some of the points that we were making last week in terms of it's anything for people to pick apart the authority of God and even yeah. the existence of God. It's anything to pick that apart and to, to not accept that as the truth. So, if there's anything mm. that we can grasp onto in terms of the Bible not being inerrant, then of course people are going to use that. I think it's to be expected.
1: Mm, <clears throat> I'm honest, though, I do sort of see how people can look at the Bible and say that isn't accurate or there's an error there, or do you know what I mean? Or um, that doesn't add up with that passage, things like that, that contradicts itself. Because I used to think that yeah. about a lot mm. of passages and about some of the books, even yeah. down to like small inaccuracies, like from um, say Matthew's book to maybe Mark's or John's or whatever. Like, I used to think, hmm, what's going on, you know? Um, and so to play devil's advocate, I, I don't blame it to blame people if they do look at that and yeah. think there's never there, because I used to myself.
3: I, think, I think
2: what helps, though, is, well, what doesn't help first is that people are very quick to look at one small passage in the Bible and think automatically that it's a, a contradiction without looking at the full context because, to be honest, without context, nothing would make sense. But if you look at the original context and what the, the writer was mean, this kind of thing is an actual field of study where you interpret <laughs> scripts in a way in which you're meant to. I think it's hermeneutics, and um, mm-hmm. it, 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 yes, uh, so <laughs> I, I think I said that right. Uh, you need you need to look at the original context, and yes, there have been fair uh, questions, fair uh, people have had fair doubts about, let's say, the gospels um, and things like that. But these things, when you study, can you know, and have been resolved. It doesn't matter if you explain yourself um, to the people having doubts, um, because there is usually an explanation uh, for some of the, the doubts that people have with writings, but mm. again, the authority, uh, people don't like it. Um, but yeah, of course it is fair. People ask, why is there a contradiction there? I mm. have never honestly thought that there has been a contradiction when I've read the full context of the passage. And also you might you need to do a bit of research into what was going on in the time. Uh, for example, if it says in one part of the Bible, don't do this, but then in another part of the Bible it says, yeah, you can do that, then you need to look into the history of what was going on. Uh, this is also known as dispensation, where there is uh, a certain covenant for a certain time. You just need to study the scriptures because there is usually an answer.
3: I think there are also... I can, I absolutely do understand where Elspeth's coming from. Mm, Um, No, totally. Yeah, I do. I had some similar thoughts when I started reading the Bible. But for me, it almost went the opposite in terms of, so obviously we're well aware the Gospels are accounts of things that happened, of the same things that happened. But like, for example, if you were taking a statement for something at work, something had gone on at work and you were taking statements, not everybody's statement is going to be the same. Because people recount mm. them differently, so for mm-hmm. me, the fact that there are differences and maybe inaccuracies or anything like that is is further proof that of how real it is. Because they've recounted these events differently, they've mm. they've recorded mm. different bits, and you know,
0: yeah, I think it's um, you know, I, this is just tag along so then um, to this uh, conversation, so that there's. Um, I can't um quote the exact books that say which or the other well, I think it's, it's Matthew and Luke. I can't remember which ones, um which, um, like which way. But in any case, with the um, you know, story around um birth of Jesus or the Christmas story, um one book uh, says about, you know, um Jesus um and his family um having to go to Egypt because um the the governor at that time having to um well he, he say, saying having to but he he wants to kill every uh, child under the age of 2 um because of the report of um, Jesus being the king of the jews um which he was afraid of but the, uh, the other account of of the christmas story um doesn't mention um this movement to Egypt now people uh tag along to this and um you know say, Oh why is one said that and one not um said that now um obviously that that does go into what um Lauren was saying that um they can be writing from uh, different perspectives or um maybe don't have like the sources behind it so obviously luke is more of a he he's a doctor and he's been um you know getting accounts from everybody like in the area sort of thing so i think it is luke that misses out on um egypt um but I, don't quote me on that so and maybe along the lines just someone hasn't got the account of um jesus and moving out Egypt, so he has the account of it all being fine. Um, that doesn't leave out that Egypt didn't happen because it doesn't say in Luke or whichever one uh, mentions going to Egypt that, oh, and they didn't go e- go to Egypt. Now, if they said, and they didn't go to Egypt, now that would be a contradiction and an error. Um, but with the fact that it's just not mentioned, um, it's more of a testament just to say that. Um, I think Luke just didn't have the full um, account of um, of just Jesus's movements. He just had the bigger picture of his birth. So that was just one thing I had off the top of my head that people think was a contra- contradiction or an error. Um, but it's just, you know, as Lauren said, just like a different account of something at work or different account of like um, you saying um, towards uh, the police or whoever it is like you know, whatever situation no, that yeah. if you had the accounts all the same then
3: it it just raises that up if they were all yeah. the same
1: uh, obviously i absolutely agree i think at the end of the day um it's god's word written by human authors it's weird like, it's incredible. Mm. It's weird, though. Let's God's not be around the box. <laughs> you know, let's not... look. It is weird. Yeah. But it, especially mm. for what we, you know, what's what we know as to be, like, reality or whatever. It's mm. incredible, but it is weird. And so I think at the end of the day, inaccuracies like that are to be expected. Yeah. Because mm. even though it is directly from God, it is also humans who wrote it. So... You know it is it is just strange. It's I think it's a big thing to wrap your head around as well. Mm. Especially if you are like a new Christian, or even if you're not a new Christian, yeah. it's just a strange thing. Yeah.
0: And Un- and even oh, go on, Alfie.
1: But um I think it comes down to like I just think um if if we're sat here as Christians believing that Moses part of the Red Sea. And like, you know, Jesus actually died um and rose again and um all the other miracles in the Bible, then why can't we believe that um God wrote the Bible and that it's breathed from him.
0: Mm. Um, Amen.
1: And stuff like that, you know, like you know, it's yeah the, the way it is, like, you know. The
0: Bi the Bible in itself is like a miracle. Um in in that respect
1: well yeah exactly that's what i mean so i I think when you look at it from that aspect it's just another part of our faith
3: Mm. i think to even have this discussion you need to look to the bible and to god's word and you know in proverbs 30 it says every word of god is pure psalm 12 the words of god of the lord are flawless and psalm 19 the lord the law of the lord is perfect these are all like statements they're not suggestions they're not you know, God's word is mostly pure or scriptures really perfect. It's literally telling us in the Bible that yeah. that it is what it is. It doesn't leave room for partial perfection. It it tells us
1: I just can't get over Lauren's pronunciation of
3: proverbs. Don't so be oh, crying out loud. No, proverbs. because I get so many Bible books wrong because I've never said them out loud. Proverbs. And I am shamed every time.
0: Oh, bless you.
3: <laughs> Lauren runs with proverbs
1: about this conversation I really anytime. do. I really do. I take it and make it its own thing. It late. is American proverbs. It's my repronunciation, it. <laughs> But yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, Might
2: I also say that, um, you know, in uh, John chapter one, how it talks about Jesus being the word. Now, we have the word of God, but it could also suggest that the scriptures we have given to us mean authority. If it's the word of God, because the word of God or the word often refers to authority. Um, So, it, again, we're focusing on the Word as God as being an because it's without flaw in its authority as well. It's without flaw in what it has to say, what well, it's you know it's pure, it's holy, it's perfect um and what it has to tell us about God. It is the testimony of God it is uh these are tons and tons of prophecies which have been graciously written down for us so that we have a reliable source of information to go to look at the the church today where you have yes uh, of course people are divided whether god still gives you know word of knowledge about certain individuals but i think that we agree here that divine revelation was shut in revelation i mean it's a given the revelation means final so i i think that it's a good thing that we have the word of God because it means mm. that it's a reliable source to go to. and it's, um, I can imagine if God still allowed people to prophesy today that, yeah, while that might be exciting and interesting, that it'd be chaos because who on earth would you know who's speaking the truth? But we know that the scriptures have been proven to be of true source of authority and therefore we are so unbelievably thankful to have the word of God. But people don't like its authority.
0: Mm. I think, in some ways, um, yeah, I guess, it's like you were saying, um, with like prophecy or word of knowledge, um, if there was some way that that was like from God, well, this might be going on a tangent a little. Then, like and it was, it, it was something that was contrary to scripture, does that, if if this was true, like that someone had this word knowledge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera um, does that mean that the Bible is not complete? I don't know, this might be a little tangent. <laughs> um, no, it means they're think? wrong, because... <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: got him don't rinse your words will you
2: (laughs) yeah i I won't beat around the bush it means that they've had what deuteronomy calls a false revelation of their mind that in fact the bible is clear that if it's of your mind it's a delusion now jesus says in revelation about not adding anything else to these scrolls it was done it was finished the scrolls were sealed until he comes back what I'm talking about is what we might call certain prophecy against individuals, not prophecy about the future. But let okay. me give you an example. Let's say Paul, if you were to go up to me and let's say you were like, "Oh, God told me that you were going to do this and that," that would be um, like a, a word of knowledge. Oh, that's right. different that's from helpful. us saying divine prophecy, for example.
0: Okay, I get you.
3: I think it's a difficult one because if you're saying you don't like if some if you were to not believe in Bible inerrancy, that the Bible's our only rule for our faith and how we practice that. If that's not reliable, then on, on what are we basing our beliefs? Mm. I don't, you know, Jesus asks for our trust, and that trust well, includes what he says in his word.
0: That, that's that's the thing where you know if there are errors or whatever that it's not reliable or what have you um, then you know people can just make of whatever passages that they like really and make it you know their own wisdom or knowledge over um, the word of God um, which um, yeah as we've just obviously been talking about earlier is just people's um you know heart the the heart issue of not wanting um what it says the authority of scripture what it says to be true um want it to uh like go different ways uh to you know, what scripture says so yeah uh,
2: yeah. And like I said earlier about how in Hebrews 1, it talks about uh, in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. And we have the very words of Jesus himself, God incarnate, given to us, which have been historically um, you know, recorded. And even scholars agree that what he said was actually said by him. So if that is, isn't reliable, then I don't know what is. Because there is so much evidence for Jesus of Nazareth that it outdoes the amount of evidence that we have for other historical figures, such as uh, Caesar or any mm. other Greek philosopher. So honestly, if the historical account of Jesus uh, isn't, <laughs> isn't accurate, if he didn't, act, then I don't know what part of history is reliable to be honest but we Mm. do know that he existed and jesus changed changes lives today and that is obviously god's testimony is the reliable testimony but it's useful to see how god's working today but back on to the authority of scripture we know that obviously jesus has spoken to us and given us these words therefore why would we want to twist them Jesus says to be a doer of the words to keep his commands to do what he has said, and so does James in his letter. so why don't people uh, I'm speaking to christians Christians who don't necessarily believe in the inerrancy. I don't mean the small things like well, they completely deny that it's the Word of God um why are you trying to deny it when Jesus has given these very words, yeah. It, it's saddening, to be honest.
3: I hmm.
1: agree.
0: <laughs> I agree. I
1: agree.
0: Do you have any other thoughts else, Beth, that you can think of?
1: Um, other than the fact that um, you know, it, it, where it says um, in John, in the beginning was a word, etc. I, I don't know the rest of the quote. In the beginning <laughs> was the
2: word, and the word was with God, and the word was with God, oh, and yeah. was God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That one. Um, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's the um, one. And obviously, we know that the word is Jesus. Um, and so you know, I just think if you're gonna start um doubting the bible you're sort of you're sort of doubting the, the main character himself really. Right? absolutely he's yeah. sort, sort of doubting the whole the whole all of it yeah yeah
2: your whole belief in christ starts falling apart because um the whole bible points to christ and christ is the word so yeah. therefore everything that has ever been written in the bible has been inspired by the very word himself jesus christ mm. who does the will of his father so therefore we have every reason to trust in the whole bible as being authoritative as being inerrant as being divinely inspired because it has been given by god himself not to mention the fact that the Bible often speaks on things which contradict man's carnal desires. Mm-hmm. Therefore it makes us it doesn't make us but it commands us in a sense to do things that naturally we wouldn't want to do. That is also a good argument for the fact that us humans didn't write it, because it contradicts everything that we, you know, want to do in our in our sinfulness. Um it is divinely inspired and That's what I uphold to. Uh, One final thing I will say is that the Bible got it right on the biggest thing that has happened in history, which is God incarnate, Jesus coming to this earth to save sinners. There were prophecies, thousands of years pointing to Mm. Jesus Christ, and it got it right. So therefore, we have every reason to trust the Bible that it will also get it right on Christ's return and his word. Is trustworthy and true.
1: Mm, I agree Amen. with that. Yeah, absolutely. Every time it gets to you know Christmas, and we always uh, read out um, the prophecies about Jesus and stuff, it always amazes me that they were literally written. How many years was it? Was it was about eight hundred years. Or so? Well, it were Isaiah.
2: Depends which one. Which I yeah, Isaiah's
1: know. Isaiah's prophecy. Sorry, they were
2: at least six hundred years written.
1: Yeah, before Jesus was, you mm-hmm. know, even born. Yeah. So it's like I just Monster. when when you know when you can prove when history can prove that Isaiah was only written at that point, mm-hmm. and then history can also prove that Jesus, whether you believe he was God or not, you like history can prove Jesus was a man. I think it's incredible that you can sit there and see that actual evidence and yet deny it. Yeah. You know, like, tell me one, give me one prophecy, where, th- give me one thing where that happens. Do you know what I mean? Give yeah. me evidence where that has happened these days or where that's happened at any point during history. I can't think of any other instance where that's actually happened. Es-
2: especially when they're so specific. The amazing thing, for example, about Isaiah 53, is it was written 600 years before but written as if it was written after Christ so yeah. therefore it's giving you the afterwards yet it was written before that thing is that kind of things mathematically impossible that is just yeah. i mean the, the chances of that are, i i reckon the world evolving itself would have more of a chance than isaiah getting it right <laughs> oh Jesus. uh
0: oh, very true
1: very true. Isn't there yeah. um, as well in, uh, I think it's Zachariah, is it? Where he, there's a prophecy about Judas or about Jesus' betrayal or something like that? Yeah, so
2: uh, where, um, in, where the scripture says that for 30 pieces... Oh, it, it was referring to money. Um, you, be- I can't exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not on the top of my head right now, but <laughs> you, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah,
1: because uh, we studied that. I remember us going through that book and I'd never knew that that was a prophecy. And I found it incredible mm-hmm. that even then, this being in the Old Testament, it was prophesied that, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus would actually be betrayed and and all the rest of it with yeah. like for the 30 pieces of silver and stuff like that I just think like and that that's only that those prophecies we've mentioned there that's only two there's prophecies about John the Baptist as well like mm.
2: there's so many
1: different prophecies
2: um not to even forget about how it says in Genesis God saying himself that you know there'll be someone who would crush Satan yeah. And then Moses talks about I will raise a prophet among you that is like me um, the, you know prophecies like that it's just it makes sense
1: exactly so Jesus is literally prophesized from the very beginning and then mm. we've got as well we've got like prophecies from the bible like revelation and that that are, that are actually happening today that are like coming true and stuff Amen. Now, to what extent is obviously questionable but there are ones that are actually happening so it's like mm. you know we can see and i think we're actually quite blessed to be able to to have been given evidence like that like it should be enough to just have the bible Absolutely. but we also have all of these prophecies as well
3: and the prophecies are so in depth it's not like yeah. it's really basic oh this might happen it's even going back to jesus's betrayal there's it's, it's prophesied that there would be haggling in terms of money and how much money would be exchanged for that.
1: Yeah, that's what we said about the 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: like the haggling was even prophesied. Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
3: And then Matthew recorded Jesus' words to be, What are you willing to give me? And I'll deliver him unto you. Yeah. It, it, it's so in depth. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It is, it's very true. I almost forgot to say that the Dead Sea Scrolls discovered in 1947 proved that um the the bible which has been translated over the generations and obviously rewritten it it matched the dead sea scrolls which mm. were mm. you know preserved from thousands of years ago they matched up and that is good evidence that nothing's been changed in fact for what it is it's been preserved amazingly well yeah mm.
1: exactly yeah exactly.
2: It, like it's not like we see one word that's doesn't quite mean what it means in Greek and then suddenly we don't get what God is trying to say to us because we have synonym, synonym, I can't say the words we have words which mean the same but different words uh, mm. so that, that kind of thing generally doesn't bother us we know what it means we know what it's trying to tell us mm. but it was preserved amazingly well for what it is so we're mm. just so thankful for that we know what God wants for us to live—holy yeah. and pleasing, pleasing lives for Him.
0: Yeah, I think after all that, if this doesn't um, encourage you to have a better uh, opinion of Scripture, then I don't know what what we what else we can do. Can we, guys? <laughs> um, I think I think with that we shall end off. Thank you, guys, for today.
3: Uh, Bye. Thank you. Thank
0: you. So that has been our podcast for today. I really hope that you've enjoyed listening along to our discussion as we have looked through different avenues through the discussion topic. I really hope that you would be able to share with your friends and family if you have indeed enjoyed as well as that if you have any questions queries or just general messages to send in to us please yeah send in a message through the message link in the description with all that being said i've been paul Walters. thank you for coming to christianity thoughts bye